Praise God. If you have your Bibles, open them with me quickly to the book of Exodus. I want to go to the Old Testament book of Exodus chapter 4. A familiar story, but I want to look at it from a different angle tonight. Exodus chapter 4. And I'll begin with verse 2. So the Lord said to him, speaking to Moses, what is in your hand? He said, a rod. He said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses, the scripture said, fled from it. I understand that. He fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. I'm not a snake handler. But if I were, I wouldn't want to take a snake. I've watched enough National Geographic to know you need to get him behind the head, not the tail. I think that this is where, you know, the Bible said in Hebrews that Moses was eloquent in speech. But somewhere his speech got messed up and he became a stutterer. I think he got the stutterer right here. I think that's when... When, he, when God said, pick it up by the tail, he said, whoa, 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 what did you say, God? Watch this. Pick it up by the tail. God was saying, you, you handle the little things and I'll handle the big end. You, handle the, you do the little part and I'll do the big part. You do what you can do, I'll handle what you can't handle. He reached out his hand, he called it, watch, and it became a stick, a rod, in his hand. I want to talk to you for just a few moments on the subject of just a stick. You know the story. God said, I, I'm ready to set my people free. I'm ready to bring thousands, millions out of bondage, out of Egyptian slavery, a type of sin. I'm ready to release a harvest like you've never seen before. And he said, I want to use somebody. I want to use them mightily. And Moses was God's choice, but Moses had already failed in his life and he, he had ran to the desert and for 40 years with an awesome suntan, some sandals and a stick, he began to keep sheep. And we know according to the scripture that he was really running, camouflaging himself from his calling. I've come tonight to say to somebody listening to me, it's time to stop running from your calling. As a matter of fact, the reason God said to him through the burning bush, take your shoes off, he was saying, quit running from your calling. You've let fear stop you. You've let intimidation stop you. This is the year you're not going to run from your calling anymore. And he said, I don't want you to run from it. I want you to run to it. He was full of fear like many of us who were called to preach. I, I remember when God called me to preach. I was terrified. Absolutely terrified. And when God calls you to preach, like many of us, he said, God, I need a sign for this one. And God said, what's in your hand? And he said, all I've got is a stick, a simple, ordinary, average, normal stick. God said, throw it down, release it. And when he did, the supernatural hit that stick. And that which was normal and common and average and ordinary began to have a supernatural component upon it that was miraculous, sensational. I mean, if you know, if I walked out here with a stick, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But if I walked out here with a real snake, you would say, that's pretty sensational. God took the ordinary and made it sensational. 
And then he said, pick it up by the tail. God, is, God, God said, I won't want you to run from it. I want you to pick it up. In order to fulfill the call that God has on your life, it usually will require you to confront your fears. Sometimes God will ask you to confront the fear that's holding you back. And this is the year to do that. And sometimes I believe that God will say to you that fear of in, uh, uh, failure, that fear of people, that fear of rejection, that fear that's holding you back. Don't let it dominate your life anymore. That stick that looks so common, so ordinary, so average, it suddenly became supernatural. Moses understood that God had given him something powerful. And then he said, pick it back up. And when he took it, the amazing part too, is it turned back into a stick. Because sometimes all God needs is a stick. God didn't say what's in your head because the miracle was not dependent upon how smart he was. You can always get wisdom if you apply yourself, but when God initially chooses you to do something, it's not dependent on what's in your head. He didn't say what's in your mouth because the miracle was not dependent upon his ability to communicate. God can give you skills and develop your skills in that, but God said, all I need from you is what you've already got right now. Just like you are, throw it down. Get your fingerprints off of it and let me take it and transform it supernaturally. Tell somebody beside you, all God needs is a stick. He doesn't need super talented. He doesn't need super good looking. He doesn't need somebody who's, wow, that sensational and incredible. When God's about to bring a great revival and move of God, he looks for somebody who has, they're just simple, common, ordinary sticks until his presence and anointing comes on what they are and suddenly it comes alive and is sensational. When God's going to do a miracle, sometimes all he needs is a stick. When God said it's time to part the Red Sea, all Moses did was held up the stick and the sea parted and Egyptian army was, was, was drowned because sometimes all God needs is a stick. When they were at the bitter waters of Marah and the Israelites were thirsting to death in the, in the wilderness, God said to Moses, there's a tree, cut a limb off and touch the bitter water with that tree. And suddenly the bitter water became sweet and they had living water that kept them alive because sometimes God doesn't need something sensational. He just needs a stick. When the widow woman was about to eat her last meal and the prophet Elijah showed up and he said, I, I, I want you to make me a meal first. The Bible said she was gathering sticks because sometimes when God's going to do a supernatural thing, he doesn't need a showboat. He needs an ordinary, average, or normal stick. When they were building the school of the prophets, and the axe head flew off and went into the Jordan River and the building program stopped. God said to the prophet, go get a stick and touch the water of the Jordan River. And your Bible said the axe head did the backstroke. It did swim across the Jordan River because sometimes all God needs is an ordinary, average, normal stick. Quit saying you're inadequate. 
Quit saying I'm not talented enough. I'm not good enough. God couldn't use somebody like me. The reason I can preach this sermon is because it's my life and my testimony. All I am is a stick. I'm just a stick. I, I can't believe I'm here tonight. I can't believe I go to the places I go. But I learned a long time ago, God doesn't need me to be anything. Really, he prefers me to be a stick. So when he throws me down and uses me, he gets the glory I don't. Tell your neighbors, all God needs is a stick. When God wanted to reach a bunch of barbarians on a heathen island, he washes up the apostle Paul from a shipwreck and the Bible said he starts gathering sticks to build a fire. And the snake bites him and when the snake bit him and he didn't die, they said, what have you got to say? And he preached the gospel to him because all God needs is a stick. When God get, got ready to reach a lost and dying world, he took a stick and planted it in the ground and took a stick and, 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 and put a cross across it and made a beam and he hung his son on two sticks because all God needed was a stick. He didn't need anything beautiful. He didn't need anything. There was no, there was no beauty about Jesus. He was just a stick, an ordinary, normal man and yet God in the flesh. He didn't come like a king. He didn't come like some great something. He came as a lowly servant and he died on two sticks. And that's why I'm just going to preach it like I feel like it. That's why the Bible said you have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother because sometimes all God needs is a stick. Take a praise break if you believe he could use you. He could anoint you. He could raise you. He could open doors for you for his glory. Quit thinking you can't do it. You're too small. It's too big. All God needs is a stick. He just needs a stick. Nothing's changed. Let me throw this at you. Where did Moses get that stick? The things we call trials and wilderness experiences, we, we, mis, we misunderstand why God allows them. Anytime God allows you to go through a so-called so wilderness or, or, or desert experience, it's, if he had never gone through the desert, he had never picked up the stick. If he had never picked up the stick, he had never held it up and the plagues would have never set God's people free. When you go through a wilderness experience, God is not wasting that experience. You will pick up things in that experience that God will double back around at some point in your life and use mightily because of what you went through. You have an authority in that area that nobody else has. I love the, I love the story. God said, God said, now I've did, done this little trick for you, Moses. You know, it's something about when you, when you know you're prepared for a test. You remember when you were in school? There were those times where I was not prepared. And that's when you walk in and you pray, oh God, oh God. But then there were times when I was prepared for a test. It's a difference, right? You walk in with a little swag. I, I, I think when Moses went to deal with Pharaoh, he, he was a little, he had a little swag. I got this. I, got, I know what's about to happen. He walked in and Pharaoh said, what do you want? And he said, let God's people go. He said, I'm not going to do it. Why would I listen to you? You're nobody. You're nothing. 
He said, why should I do that? And he said, watch this. And when he threw that stick down, that stick became a serpent. And I'm sure Moses thought, boy, I'm God's man of the hour. But your Bible said that Pharaoh had magicians. Now, now listen carefully. The magicians, the Bible said, with trickery. See, a magician can't do the supernatural. A magician uses deception and deceit and trickery and sleight of hand. One commentary said that he had some kind, they had some kind of encasement, hard encasement, that they put serpents in, and when they threw what looked like a stick down, it broke and the serpent got out. But I love this story because there's a real lesson in this. The Bible said when the magicians of Pharaoh threw their sticks down, but really it was snakes encased in something, that suddenly you got all this wiggling going on and everybody's watching, all of Egypt is watching, and suddenly the, the stick that turned into a serpent that Moses had begins to swallow up the deception and the lies of the other so-called sticks. It started with one snake, and it ended with one snake. This thing started with one Lord, and it's going to end with one Lord. He's going to swallow up every lie, every deception. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord because He's the King of kings. It must have been a king snake. He's the Lord of lords. He's above all others. Trying to calm down. Calm down. Don't scream. See, teachers tell it. Preachers yell it. I'm a preacher. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'll calm down. Now, I'm right where I was hurrying to get to because this is the part of the story God sent me to give to this great church and to many of you listening. We think about that miracle taking an ordinary, normal, average stick, throwing it down, and it becoming... In other words, it swallowed up its competition with supernatural success. Wouldn't you like to see God do that in your business? Just... I mean, you... But the greatest part of this miracle, ladies and gentlemen, is not that God could take something ordinary, normal, and average and throw it down on a world stage and use it mightily and give it supernatural success. After 30 years of ministry, I have watched many of the people that I started out with in ministry. They were nobody and nothing. They had nothing. They barely could pay their bills. And God took them and threw them down on a stage somewhere and used them mightily. And oh my God, you've seen them attract tens of thousands of people and do amazing things. But the greatest part of this story is not that God can take a stick and turn it into something sensational. The greatest part of the story is when He picked the stick back up or the snake back up, it turned back into the same thing it started out when it first begun. It went right back to being a humble, normal, common, ordinary. I'm no better than anybody else. I'm no bigger than anybody else. I don't need more attention than anybody else. I'm just a stick. 
Sometimes the most supernatural thing you can do after God uses you in a supernatural way is to be natural. How many ministries have we watched God raise up and they do amazing things, but somehow they can't, they can't go back to being normal. Maybe that's why we don't see more of the supernatural because it's rare when God can take somebody and throw them down and they don't want to stay sensational. Can God give, can you sing the solo one Sunday and do something behind the stage two weeks later? Can God trust you? Could Pastor Robert ask you to get up here and preach one weekend or teach one weekend and you not start your own ministry off of that? But could you go back to being an usher? Could you go back to being a volunteer, a small group leader? It's so rare. It's so rare. I remember when I started out in ministry, I stayed in Sunday school rooms. My wife and I, would they called them evangelist quarters. They would fix up a Sunday school room in a cinder block country church and put you in there. And we were so humbled. We were so humbled that God, would, we traveled. We had a little car and we had a rack across the back and hung every piece of clothing we had. And we were going out international evangelists. And oh, anybody that would let me preach, I was so, I remember the first offering a minister gave me. I wept. That, that I could, somebody, these people are paying me, and it wasn't much, but they were paying me. I can't, this is holy money. This is God's money. Oh God, I'm taking this. What happens to us, folks? Some of you, you came here stick. Some of you, when you started in that business, you were common and ordinary and average and you were here all the time and you were on fire for God. But if you're not careful, God can throw you down and he can bless you and you swallow up your competition with supernatural success and he began to raise you up and you have all this stuff and suddenly you can't go back to being a stick and we don't see you in church anymore. Because you got three boats and five cars and six houses. Not that any of that is wrong, but when that becomes who you are, you, can God trust you to give you supernatural success and it not change who you are when you started out? <laughs> I believe God is saying to Gateway, you have seen nothing yet concerning the harvest I'm about to bring this church. And my only question from the Holy Spirit for you is, if I give you your greatest year that, you, that blows your mind, will you promise me that you'll always go back to the first of the year and say, God first. God first, no matter how high I take you, no matter how great the things that you do, will you always just be a stick? Just a stick. I love that about Pastor Robert. He's just a stick. He is. Talk to him. He's just a normal guy. What happens to us? Some of you had nothing when God found you and you started tithing and giving to this church and God is blessing your socks off. And if you're not careful, that stuff gets in your spirit. And suddenly you're not quiet. Quiet. 
as connected as you used to be. And God says, I never chose you because I, I, had, I had five others that could have done it better than you, that same business. But I saw something in you. I saw a stick spirit. You were a stick man, a stick woman. Come on, come on. I wonder if God could give some, some world class, and he has so many times. We sing you guys songs all the time. But I wonder the songwriters on the praise team, I wonder if God could give you songs that would go around the globe like you've never seen. And you, that's saying a lot for this church. And it not change you and your commitment to the house of God, and your commitment to this ministry. I wonder if God could, 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 could raise you up and let you be trusted with great, great influence and you still show up and be an usher, shake hands and greet at the door. Just a stick. That stuff matters to God. I'm almost done. Listen to this. Mark chapter 16. In my name, they shall take up serpents. Serpents in Moses' day represented the supernatural power of God. I've just proven that to you scripturally. Catch it now. In my name, they'll take up and do supernatural feats. It'll be supernatural success. Remarkable things that I'll trust them with. And I love the rest of that verse. And it shall not hurt them. Is it possible that God could give you a healing ministry? I'm ready. I'm ready for some healing evangelists to come to the body of Christ. And when God throws them down and starts getting, they don't get a new magazine and, and a white suit and all this and just, and just. Maybe it could just be a guy who works on a regular job, fixing a motor in a GM car. And suddenly the anointing comes on him while he's got oil on his hands and he comes and lays hands on somebody with cancer. He's just a stick. God does the sensational and he goes back to the garage the next day. Come on, church. God is looking for somebody in this room that he can use in a sensational supernatural way. Would you be willing to say, God, use me? I'll be a stick for you. I won't forget where I started. I feel like singing that rap song. Started from the bottom, now we're here. But let's don't forget where we came from. I close with this. I can't ever read again where God used that snake ever again. Boy, he sure used that stick. As a matter of fact, when God said, I need a high priest to represent me before God, he said, I want the 12 leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel to get a rod, a stick, a dead stick connected from any life. I want them to cut a stick off and I want them to bring, them in, bring it into the Holy of Holies and place it on the Ark of the Covenant. 12 of them, write their names on it. Write, write, write the names. There's Judah. Put his name on one. Put one on. And hey, 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 hey. I want you, Aaron, to write your name on one. And they put those rods in the presence of God. And he said, now the way you'll know my choice, the one that I choose, is the stick that was cut down. It's dead, but it comes back to supernatural life and it starts budding 
That'll be the authentication of me that I choose that person as my leader. They're going to start out a dead stick, but I'm going to make them come to life. Jesus, how, how do you know Jesus is the Lord and Savior? There's so many religions. You can get to heaven anyway. Is he a good person? How do you know you got to go through Jesus, Jensen? Well, his test is still the same. Take Buddha, cut him down, kill him, put him in a tomb. Take Muhammad, cut him down, kill him, put him in a tomb. Take Confucius, take any of them. Take New Age, put it in a tomb. Take Jesus Christ, nail him to a cross, kill him, wound him, strip him, beat him, torture him put him in a tomb and leave him for dead. And the one who comes back to life again, he is Lord, he is Savior, he is the King of Kings, he is Alpha and Omega. That's how you know who, she, who God's choice is. He's not one among many, he is God. Jesus is Lord. Come on and give him a great shout of praise if you believe it. Now watch. Just stand to your feet at every, at every campus. Stand to your feet at every campus. By the way, at every campus, the Spirit of God is ready to move mightily. I feel this now. Think about what I'm saying. God said, God said, under the old covenant, there's something called the God box. It's the Ark of the Covenant. And God said, I want three things under the lid called the mercy seat. I only want three things in the God box. And I'll, under the old covenant, dwell between the cherubim's wings. But up under me, I want three things. I want the tablets of stone, the Word, put it in there and let people know if they want, if they want living bread, if they want if they'll come into my presence, find a church where God's presence is there, that's where you get the Word. He said, take some of that manna, you know that manna that they, put it in a little pot. This is amazing. Put it in there and it'll never go grow old. It'll never get worms because everything lives in my presence. And I want people to always be reminded that out of all the things I could put in my box, number one, my word is most important. Number two, provision is always not from the work of your hands. It's my presence that's giving you success. And don't you ever, ever, ever forget it. Lastly, lastly. God said, uh, and I, God, you want a snake in there? No, I don't want no snake. I want a stick. I want Aaron's rod that budded. All I want is a stick. I'm not into sensational, big-headed, arrogant, people who get so full of themselves that they think they don't need me anymore so they don't even they don't even ever set a time any time for me they don't ever even sacrifice just a little bit you know when you first started out oh god oh god i need you you started that business oh lord pastor can we have some more services i'm about to die out here my business now that you're so blessed where are you I'm not being mean. I got a license to do what I'm doing right now. I, I have, I, I do. I, I'm, I, this is what I, how many of you know we stray so far 
I don't care who you are, it can happen to you. But watch this. He said, I tell you what I want near me. I'll tell you, I resist the proud, but I give grace to little sticks. If you'll approach me, not on I've done this for you and I've done that for you, and God, you're so lucky that I even came to church tonight, but if you'll approach him like a stick, I'm just a stick man. I wouldn't have nothing. I wouldn't be nothing. I wouldn't have any hope. My family, God, you have been so good to me. All I want to be is a stick. God says, I'll take you and I'll use you again. And I'll, and I'll test you and see, are you still the same one? That, that Are you still the one that I called that day? Are you still the one that would do anything for me, give up anything for me? And if you are, he'll throw you down again. You'll go from glory unto glory, faith unto faith, miracle unto miracle. All he needs is sticks. Lift your hands high all over this room. Every campus, lift them high. Say, Lord, here I am. Everybody say these words, Lord, use me. I'm tired of running from my calling. I want to go back. Uh, these are days of consecration. This is a brand new year. And I want to start it off right, with the right posture. I must decrease, and you must increase. I want you, Lord, to take me back in my spirit. I, I don't want to go back to those days of Sunday school rooms, and I appreciate a nice hotel and all that. But don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, in my spirit, I don't ever want to get puffed up to thinking, I deserve so much. I deserve hell without the grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ. Lift your hands. Lift them high. God's about to do something. You know what I really sense, Pastor, if I can just... I wonder how many people 30 and under, 30 and under, would be willing to say, I'm just a stick. But I sure would like to start this year off by saying this is going to be a year of destiny where I really, really, really give God everything I've got. And if He can use anything, He can use me. And I'm just a stick. But God, if you'll take me, I'm going to put... Here's what I've got in my hand. I can't give you what I don't have, but here it is. I give it to you. I promise you, He won't turn you down. And I'm going to ask the prayer workers, the prayer teams at every campus. Pastor gave me permission to do this. Slip out of your seat, the prayer teams, and come stand because God's about to do a mighty, mighty work in many, many people because many of you sense this is a word for me. This is a word for me. This is a word for my family. This is a word for my business. I'm going to ask you, the, the, the altar teams at every campus, just to come and, and stand and get ready to minister to people because we're going to have that kind of night. Now just bow your heads for one moment. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And if you would, just slip your hand down for a moment because I want to be very specific. If you're listening to me right now, either by television or you're listening to me at any of the campuses or right here in this room, this beautiful, beautiful room right here, South Lake. And you would say, Pastor Jensen, I know I'm not where I ought to be with God. You may be up in that balcony. You may be on the main floor. But you say, Pastor Franklin, I know I'm not where I ought to be with God. I would love to start this year off humbly by giving my life unconditionally to Jesus Christ. I'm done with running from Him. I want to be a stick in the Master's hand again. Maybe you strayed. Maybe, maybe you've really, really gotten far out there and you hear the voice of God again saying, I wish you would just come back to me. Go back to what I want and I'll use you. 
If you know you're not right with God and you want to get right with God at all the campuses, I'm going to ask you to do something that's so simple. And yet the simple thing is what God asks for. I'm going to ask you to acknowledge because he never comes where he's not invited and say, Pastor Jensen, I'd love to get right with God in the first few weeks of a brand new year. I'd love to surrender everything to him. I want the blood that he shed on those two sticks to flow to my life and my family. I want to get right with God tonight. If that's you, boldly raise your hand right where you're standing. I won't embarrass you. I won't humiliate you. I'm going to pray for you. Beautiful. Hands. Hands are up. That's beautiful. I want to be very specific. Specific. If you do not know you're right with God and you want to get right with God tonight, raise your hand high right now. I want to see it. It's beautiful. Pastor, can I do this? I want every person at every campus who raised your hand as quick as your two feet will move from the balcony to the main floor, wherever you are at every campus, slip out of your seat and humbly like a stick man, a stick woman. It takes humility, doesn't it? Walk down the aisle and come toward these prayer teams. Come now, come now. They're coming, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. Hurry, hurry. The King's business takes haste. This is beautiful. All the way up in the balcony, on the main floor. Come on, sir. Come on, businessman. Come on. If you want to get back what you've lost, you got to go back to what you left. You left something and you lost something. If you go back to what you lost, you'll get back what you left. Come on, come on, come on, come on. It's not too late. But you got to humble yourself like a stick. you got to humble yourself. You don't come saying, I'm this and I'm that. You come saying, just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Come on, somebody else needs to come. You need to come now. You need to come now. This is your night. You're not going to waste another year. You're not going to waste another day. Somebody watching by Daystar needs to go to the phone and pick it up and call the prayer center and say, i got to get right with God right now. He hears your cry. Offer it to Him. Now let's lift up our hands, and I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Mark in just a moment. But let's lift up our hands at every campus across the five campuses watching me right now. Lift your hands up right there in your home if you want to. And say, Lord, it's a new year. Say this, Lord, it's a new year. And I surrender my life. I surrender my family. I surrender my future. I surrender my relationships, my possessions, everything that I am. I throw it down. Take me and use me mightily. I'm just a stick, but that's what you're looking for. Say Jesus, say it everybody. Jesus, cleanse me, wash me, forgive me, and use me for your glory. Let's lift our hands high. If you feel comfortable and open your mouth and for the next 30 seconds, lift up your voice and cry out to God for souls because he's gonna use sticks in this church to bring the greatest harvest you have ever seen. So get ready for God to use you. Quit running from your call. Quit running from your call. This is your year.